If you're a fan of the paranormal world, then you'll love WLTKDB Talk Radio. Talk shows bringing you the latest on everything paranormal, cryptozoological, metaphysical, true crime, psychic readings, and more. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com. Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. I am your host, Barnaby, and on today's show, we have a special guest. Uh, We are going to be talking about some things that are more... Um, psychological and um, brain-wise today on the show. And uh, our first guest today uh, is Curio. How are you doing today, Curio? I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. It is a chilly um, April still, mm-hmm. April morning out here. Uh, and we are sitting in a lovely park because it's a chilly, nice day, I suppose. <laughs> so... Uh, I invited you on the show today because uh, you have a very um, unique set of things going on, I guess. I, d- I don't know um, what you want to specifically call them. Um, well, they're known as synthesia, but there's different kinds of synthesia. And I have chrome synthesia, which melds um, sound and sight. Um, oh. So pretty much when I hear sounds or hear music... Um, certain sounds or voices or um, instruments have different patterns and colors that show up in my vision, um, mostly in my peripheral, but um, I don't know. I've just kind of had it my entire life. When did you first start noticing, like, what, what was going through your head um, as far as, like, when you first started seeing it, what did you think was going on? Um... I don't know. I just always thought it was normal. Um, things started getting more vivid um, and more prominent like as I got older, um, especially when I hit puberty. Um, I don't know. So tell us a little bit more about it. Like when you, you say you see sound, you see like the colors of it and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So um, like do music or you know like a lot of people are familiar with like um the uh audiograph and stuff like on computers you know when you see the the music play and stuff like that Mm -hmm. is it similar to that or is it a solid color or um it can be uh it can be solid a lot of the times depending on how the song sounds um a lot of times it'll be like what's it called watercolor like it looks like watercolor um especially if i just have music more in the background while i'm doing something else because i'm not really focused on the music um 
or the music isn't loud enough. Um, when the music is louder, it becomes brighter or um, more opaque rather than like just a translucent. You know, like um, for people listening and stuff, you know, when like you, you rub your eye and it kind of makes mm-hmm. that like starburst effect. Is that kind of like what you're seeing or? Similar. Yeah. Um, I'd say, but it, it could be any color. Normally, like when you do, when you rub your eye and the little color bubbles pop up in your vision, um, normally those are just like purple and red. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, crumb synthesis, you could allow you to see any color. Um, I don't know. But you, you don't see it like straight ahead. It's just always to the edges of your eyes. Most of the time, yeah. Um, especially if I'm just playing it in the background or um, it's off in the distance or it's super quiet. Um, but if it's like someone talking right in front of me or um, just something making noise right in front of my face and I'm focusing on it, it tends to be just like in the center. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um. So, like, different different people's voices and stuff are different colors, you said, right? Mm-hmm. And patterns, yeah. Um, well, patterns, too. Well, like, some of my friends um, have, like, short, sort of, like, more of a shimmering, like, iridescent effect. Um, some of them have, like, it looks like bubble wrap. I don't know if, okay. like, like, it just, it looks bubbly and um, very, like, organized. Um, another one of my friends has just like, um, it, lo- it looks like, um, my vision is just being painted over completely with just like, um, like if, like if my vision were just like a solid water slab and then you dip your paintbrush into it, you know how all the like colors rush through the water and start to change the entire water a certain color? It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Like um, cleaning a paintbrush in the water. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other patterns. Um, I've had just like more of like a striking, like, um, sharp, like, like, like jagged. I don't know if any of this makes sense. I suck at explaining things. Well, here's where I'm going with this. Um, let me, let me explain to you what kind of caps has been working on recently and we'll see if this kind of mashes up because that's Mm -hmm. the reason why I wanted to ask you about this. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of the visual light spectrum that we can't see, or I guess non-visual light spectrum, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, the, the spectrum goes from radio waves, which are very low, um, wide waves of um, vibration or of, of light, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then it goes up and becomes uh, infrared. And then it goes through the visual light spectrum that we can see our uh, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. And at the other end of the visual light spectrum, it becomes ultraviolet and goes up into the X-rays and gamma rays and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at this spectrum, we have been working with like interdimensional beings and stuff lately. So um, UFOs, extraterrestrials, stuff like that. And we found uh, some interesting stuff with these things that um, when you, you change your vibrational frequency yourself, you can astral project or you can uh, possibly transfer into other dimensions and stuff. So how this ties in with you is if you're seeing different colors, is that the vibrational wave of those sounds? 
Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I've well, done, let me. I've well, just like done very little research on chrome synthesis. It's just something that I've always had that I think is kind of neat that I share with like friends that I'm close with. Just like, oh, hey, here's a fun fact about me. Your color, uh, your voice color is orange. And then just, I don't know, they can question if they want to. <laughs> well, let me be specific then. Have you noticed that people who have like a, or sounds even, any, any sound, mm -hmm. that are a lower, deeper sound like this have a, um, a darker color, like a bluish purple color, like that end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. as opposed to like higher pitched um, sounds or frequencies that would be on the, the reddish orange side? Sometimes, yeah. Um, but... I think a lot of it is also just how I um, perceive the person. Okay. Um, so somebody could have like the same pitch in voice, but have two completely separate colors. Okay. Um, I don't really know exactly what causes it. I just um, sometimes uh, two of like two of my male friends that have very similar pitches in voice. They just, I don't know, they just look completely different. Okay. That's fair. I mean, that's, this is all science and, you know, it's all, it's all really interesting and I hope it's interesting to our listeners as well because, you know, you don't, you know, this is not something that I've heard of um, before meeting you, you know, and talking to you about this. Um, and then, like I said, recently we've been starting to work on the, the visual light spectrum and that kind of stuff. So I was curious to see if, if you saw a pattern between the light and the frequency colors and stuff, but... Um, just a little pattern, not like anything huge, I guess, but it, it would make sense that like the different frequencies would make different, um, different colors. I just don't really see that in my patterning. So when this first started happening and stuff, did you actually like go to a doctor or like an optometrist to see if there was something wrong or? Um, growing up, uh, I had a therapist and I talked to my therapist a lot. Um, about all of my issues and I think I brought it up uh, briefly and she asked me what I meant by it so then I started to explain it to her and um, she suggested to me chrome synthesis and that um, is a very real possibility so we looked more into it and um, I think I think we did a few sessions over the span of like three or four months just looking into it and um, just kind of like trying to see what it actually is mm -hmm. and she seemed pretty confident in her answer she just didn't really write it down anywhere she didn't actually give me an official diagnosis so I don't have it on paper or anything but um so I can't like confidently say it but I mean I went through therapy for it so um I don't think it's anything else. I don't know what mm -hmm. it could possibly be otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. I, was, I was curious because I was wondering if it was more of like a, an eye condition or if it was like a, a brain condition. Um, I feel like it's more of a brain condition. I don't know how it could be a, an eye condition. I've never had any like um, eye surgeries or eye injuries um, that would cause it. Um, and I don't know. I don't really know my dad's side of the family anyway, so um, it could be it could be genetic, but it's I don't think it's from my mom's side. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't know anybody else in your family or anything that has it. Um, not from my mom's side at least, but I don't really know my father, so. It's interesting, you know, like a lot of people might actually have this and not realize it because, you know, if they're, like you said, if you thought it was just more normal when you were growing up in that and until it actually got diagnosed because of accidentally bringing it up or something, you know, 
um, you know, a lot of people walking around seeing colors and just thinking it's normal, you know, like, I don't know, I get blurry spots on the sides of my eyes once in a while, and but not colors, you know, but mm-hmm. cool. Anything else to add on that? Um, I don't think so. Cool. All right. We are going to take a quick break here and we will be right back with uh, Curio and um, we are going to be talking about another topic. Whispers from the Dark will be right back after this quick message from our sponsors. Do you want to do a real paranormal investigation of a well-documented haunted location? Here's your chance. Join our team as we continue the investigations of the Gainer Tavern, currently Bean Stampers Gentleman Club in Mackville, Wisconsin. Originally built in 1877, the building was served as a general store, blacksmith shop, tavern, post office, dance hall, and bar. The building was originally built by Michael Gaynor and remained in the family for five generations before being sold to Bean Snappers in 1993. Throughout documented history, the building has been hit four times and burned twice, with four recorded deaths on the property. Some of the most notable paranormal claims that we have documented are a male disembodied voice, a female disembodied voice, objects moving, doors opening and closing, lights turning on and off, knocking in response to questions, the sound of someone sitting down next to you on furniture, physical interactions including being touched, hair brushed, and scratched, and other unexplained responses to our equipment which include a REM pod, EMF meter, and an obelisk. Bring your own equipment, or we have some you can use while you're here. Audio and video recording is encouraged. Here is your chance to investigate the paranormal. For the very first timers to the experienced professionals, we can walk you through or you can take the lead. The time is yours. Ask your questions and get your answers. Limited space is available for tours, so make sure you purchase your tickets in advance at wisconsincaps.com. Click on the Gainers Tavern link under public events. Hey guys! Are you looking for the next piece of ghost hunting equipment that will really help you out on your next investigation? If so, I'm sure you're familiar with Ghost Stop. If not, you should really check them out. They have everything you could ever need on your journey into the unknown. And if you visit WisconsinCaps.com and click on the Ghost Stop banners, any purchase you make on their website, Caps gets a commission. You don't pay a penny more than shopping on their website directly, but you do help us out with every purchase you make from our link. Visit WisconsinCaps.com and click on the Ghost Stop banner to get everything from night vision cameras, EVP recorders, infrared lights, spirit boxes, and so much more at a really great price. All right, we're back here on this episode of Whispers from the Dark. Uh, I am here with Curio, and we're talking about... DID? Or are we still in Chrome Synthesia? <laughs> Chrome Synthesia. Okay, I'm <laughs> I was, sorry. I was at Chrome something, and I, I lost the rest of that there. Um, and joining us now is Amicus. How are you doing, man? Hi, I'm doing all right. A little cold, but doing, a little doing cold. pretty well. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we are out here shivering, looking at colors in the in the uh, park still. Um, so you were talking to me uh, during the break here about other forms of uh, chrome synthesia and stuff. 
Yeah, so we just finished talking about how curio has chromesthesia, which is just sound, color, and there's multiple other different types. Some people can see uh, see colors as, like, hear uh, colors as sound, some people, but the most common form is just either tasting uh, what you smell or smelling what you taste. That's a very common kind of in-between. A lot of people experience the smelling to taste kind of thing just because they're, they're two very, uh, like, close senses, I guess, because it's all about perception. Uh, which is why with like COVID and whatnot, when someone catches COVID and they lose their sense of smell, they also tend to lose their sense of taste along with it. Uh, I don't, I haven't researched a lot. I think I've done a little more than Curio has just because I was like, wow, these are really cool. Cause I get like really, really invested in psychology for a whole like two weeks. So I learned a lot about it and I never touch it again. <laughs> yeah, I do that as well. I, I actually have what you were talking about with the, uh, like you can smell a taste or taste a smell sometimes. Um, and also I have, um, I don't know what this is. Maybe one of you guys do. I, when I smell something or I taste something, it brings me back to a memory. That's also a very real form of synthesia. Basically it's anything, any one of your senses that connects to another sense or something else very important in your brain. So it could be a memory. Um, a lot of people when eating like mom's home baked food they remember their childhood or childhood um, memories that go along with the food um, that's v- that's very popular and very real um, I don't know just basically any two senses you can connect um, it, it's all based around perception and association if you associate something with something else and you perceive them to be very similar then oftentimes like they kind of get confused and I don't know. It's very, it's very neat how that works and how, I mean, little the world around you can actually be familiar to someone else. Because, like, you perceive the world in a very different way than some other people do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely. Some, peop- some colorblind people don't even realize they're colorblind until, like, way into their 30s or 40s when someone points at something and is like, that kind of looks like this color. And they go, those are very different colors. Like the whole dress and shoe situation that was on Facebook a while ago. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's all in, in perception and stuff. Very interesting. So um, the other thing we were going to talk about today yes. is DID. Uh, can you tell us what that is? DID stands for Dissociative Identity Disorder. Um, it used to be called Split Personality or Multiple Personality Disorder. That's what most people know it as. Um, it just basically means that um, due to heavy and repeated trauma in your childhood, your brain splits off into a bunch of little different um, forms of basically yourself to help you cope with that trauma. And um, they can either hold and remember that trauma for you so you don't have to and you can um, still go through day by day without having to relive that every day. I don't know, it's just kind of like a coping mechanism um, that your brain comes up with um, as a kid. And usually it's developed before the age of nine or 10. Um, But most people don't realize that they have it until um, sometime after puberty. And it takes at least a year to get uh, professionally diagnosed for it, so. And both of you have it, correct? I do not have DID. I have OSDD1B, which is similar, very similar. The only issue, uh, the only difference really being, uh, unlike DID, which one of the uh, requirements is to have amnesia, I don't have amnesia between alters. My alters have a shared memory, 
that gets very blurry in times of stress. Uh, but for the most part, we still remember everything that we're, we do where is between them. If, if one alter is fronting one day and I tell them something, the other alter won't remember it. Okay, let's take a quick break here and uh, go through some um, vocabulary because okay, <laughs> I've had sorry. this discussion ready. No, 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 you're good. Um, so an alter, can you explain kind of what that is? Um, just it's one of your other personalities. It's just um, one of the people that lives inside your head, which sounds crazy, but that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Um, so basically, it's just another complete personality. Like, they're all yeah. different. They all have their own likes, feels, emotions. Mm -hmm. Preferences for things um, like uh, political views or like opinions on controversial topics or sexualities. Like, um, some can be completely interested in men and others completely interested in women alone. Um, they have, uh, like, they identify differently. Like, some use only he, him, and some use only she, her pronouns. Um, they're just completely different people. Like, um, I see them more as completely different people than a part of myself, which is how I think they prefer it. So, and the other term I want to, uh, get out of the way is fronting. Yeah. Um, that just basically means the, uh, personality or uh, alter that is, uh, like, I almost said that is fronting. Um, that is <laughs> controlling the body, I guess. Okay. It's just the person that's doing all of the actions and um, doing all the talking and stuff like that. Um, although you can have more than one fronting, it's just it, uh, then it gets to feel cramped. You feel cramped in your head and um, you have a harder time controlling or talking or sometimes you talk out loud when you're not when, when you don't mean to talk out loud you meant to kept, keep it in your head um stuff like that um, okay um i think that covers vocabulary and we can continue that <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean we've we've had this discussion uh prior so like i i'm pretty familiar with this stuff but mm -hmm. these are things that when we were first talking about this um, I was like, well, what are you talking about? I mean, like, I've, I've known other people that have kind of had this and, and talked about that before, so I was a little bit... Um, but I, I assume, like, most of our audience and stuff isn't going to know what that is, so um, thank you for clearing that up. Um, so how do the two of these differ the most? Like... It's mostly just the amnesia. Like, right. I remember things a lot better than they do, uh, although their memory tends to be a little more clear just because uh, my... My memory tends to blur things if I want to forget them, whereas they tend to put it into a different altar that will remember it almost crystal clear for the rest of eternity so they can be traumatized by it forever. That sounds amazing. Not. <laughs> um, cool. Well, not cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> so we can get in as deep into this as you guys want and are comfortable mm -hmm. with and if there's something you don't want to answer i mean just you know it's it's your personal lives and i don't want to dig as deep you know as what you want to share and what you don't want to share um so first of all let's let's talk about this um curio how many mm -hmm. how many do you have alters um uh there's no certain way for me to say. I don't actually know how many I have, but if I had to guess, it'd be around 45. Because that's how many I can confirm. I don't actually know how many I have. It, there's really no telling. Because there's um, 
um, there's a um, there's a word in the DIT community uh, they use dormant it just basically means an altar that um, that is a fully functioning altar they're just kind of shut away for a while um, I don't really know what, what they do when they're shut away but uh, they just kind of get shut away and they don't talk to anyone and they don't front um, they don't they just don't come out um, but I that also hinders me from knowing exactly how many there are. So, that's fair. And you? I have six. Six. <laughs> All right. Um, and we were talking. I find this very interesting. When uh, we first spoke about this, you were saying that not all of them are human. Right. Um, so, you can have non-human altars, and uh, it's basically just caused by like if you grew up being um, super religious or your parents were super religious or you have religion related trauma um, you can develop altars that are angels or fallen angels or demons or um, Satan or God or believe that they're a deity things like that um, I have w I have one altar that's a demon and then one altar that is a hybrid angel and demon um they're two vastly different people, but... I can imagine. <laughs> um, but it's just mostly because of religion-related trauma. It's, um, I don't know. You? Uh, when it comes to angel and demon kind of altars, or just non-humans in general? Just any in general, yeah. All right, so I've got, uh, I've got two ex-non-human altars. They slowly became more human. Uh, I'll try and explain that and i have got one kind of human altar which i'm a little ashamed of just because i'm not a furry by any means however i do have one cat boy in my head and it's a little embarrassing um but i have uh two of my most prominent altars um one that kind of is like mr order i guess he he's he's kind of like top of the chain he's like he, he's like the ceo i guess is the best way you can describe him he's very business-like and very emotionless very kind of get things done kind of way and the other one's very spiteful and angry because he's just kind of an amalgamation of all the like i guess he's supposed to be something along the lines of emotions that i've thrown away and not tried to like repress and shit um, but uh, they each used to be a fallen angel and a banished demon. Well, one that was like vanished from hell and the other that fell from heaven. Uh, although as time went on, they slowly became more human. Um, and now there's no remnants of them using to have, having been an angel or a demon like at all anymore. And that's probably something to do with me having... I used to go to church all the time and I just kind of fell out of going to church and I never went again and... I assume it's got something to do with that. I couldn't tell you, though. Um, I have a bunch of non-human altars. I just, I don't really have a reason for all of them. I could probably give a reason if I dig for it, but um, the ones that I can't explain are the, uh, um, are the demon and the half-demon. Um, otherwise, I have a goblin, um, or what, I don't know, they call themselves a goblin. Um, and then I have a half-goblin, um, really can't explain that one either. What's um, the other half? Human. Okay. <laughs> Just since you brought it up. <laughs> um, and then I have like three ghosts and I have a, um, I have a human who is, who grows mushrooms off of him. 
Um, I don't I don't know if that makes sense. He's sort he's sort of like a mushroom guy. Um, and then I have a guy who has bird wings, big bird wings. Um, I have a guy who's basically the embodiment of fear. Um, he he's just an amalgamation of every phobia under the sun. He's also really really nice. He's he's strangely nice. It's really <laughs> funny. Um, other than that, I, I I don't know. I just have a lot of non-human alters. I'm half my system is probably human, um, but the other half is not. And I could probably go on like 20 minutes just talking about all the non-humans. I believe it. <laughs> I forgot dead people don't count as people, so I've also got one ghost in my head. Oh, sorry. I was I was gonna ask about this. So. When, you know, in my field of paranormal and cryptids and stuff like that, a ghost, um, I mean, we were not really sure what they are. Mm-hmm. So when you guys are saying that you have a ghost as an altar, how, how do you differentiate the ghost as being not human then? I can't really say that they're not human. I just, um, normally when I think human altars, I think just the ones that are alive and I don't really associate ghosts with that. I have no idea why. Um, I'm not saying that they're not human. I'm just saying that uh, I, com- I associate them completely different and I kind of group them with the non-humans. Interesting. You? Uh, so specifically for me, my ghost used to be alive. Uh, and in the time that he was an altar, he ended up killing himself because uh, mm. he participated in a lot of self-harm because um, he was very depressed. Uh, although you wouldn't have guessed that from his personality. You still wouldn't guess it from his personality. Uh, but at one point, it just went too far and he died. And it, now he's a ghost, but he's still alive. or not? He's not alive, but he's still an altar that act, that's actively in my head. Um, I guess a lot of my altars like to move around and change what they are because this is the third one that's done that. Uh, I also forgot to mention that I'm not quite human myself. I'm like a shadow. I, I got I, I've got no mouth. I got two white eyes, and the rest of me is like pure black. But I still consider myself human. I, uh, in fact, I uh, identify with the body the most. As a very common thing with DID and OSTD is that you don't associate yourself with your own body. In fact, you sometimes will look in the mirror and go, "Who is that? What the fuck?" Uh, because it's you wake up and you see someone it, like that's doing everything you're trying to do, and it's not you. Uh, but I, I I experience that significantly less than they do. So if you want information on that, you got to ask them. Let me ask you a question because you you said something there that kind of uh, put a little light bulb in my head, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody here listening at home or anything. Um, when you talk about looking in the mirror and not seeing yourself. Do you think that, that some of the people that are like transgender or feel like they're not the right person in that body, do you think that that is an alter in them? Could be, but DID and stuff like that's very, very, very rare case. And I doubt that it's going to be the case for everybody. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't assume that if you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I don't think I'm really a woman or something like that, then don't automatically assume you have DID. Uh, there's a lot of other things that go into DID than just not associating yourself with your body. But it's a very similar experience. Yeah. Um, so growing up, um, I, uh, I was, well, okay, I was born intersex, but uh, then I had um, surgery when I was a baby that okay. um, made me more female. Can you describe what intersex means? Um, it's also known as hermaphrodite. 
Um, I basically was just born with an elongated clitoris. So um, I had, and like my uh, reproductive organs are a little like screwed up and grown in wrong. Um, so I can't safely have a child. And um, I was just basically born with a vagina and a penis. Okay. Yep. Um, but as a baby, I, um, I was, I don't, I don't know the right word for that, snipped back. Mm-hmm. just kind of like made more female um and so going through puberty i thought that um i was a trans guy and um i was very confident on it until i heard about did and i thought of it as a possibility then i brought it up with my therapist and then we worked on it um and she considered it a very real possibility and um we worked on it a lot and Um, I got diagnosed with it, and it just turned out that I wasn't actually a trans guy. I just had a lot of male alters, so I constantly saw myself as male, but I I just never was. Um, So I guess trans people could could confuse their uh, transgenderness for having an alter um, or vice versa. They could think that they have an alter, but they actually just might not be... um, they just might be uh, a singlet and just be transgender. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't. I don't mean anything bad about transgender or anything that oh, no. saying it's a mental yeah. disorder or something. But it's it's just curious because you said you know you look in the mirror and you see not you. You know, and, and you hear that a lot with the the transgender community and stuff mm-hmm. that they're looking in the mirror and that's not who they are inside or you know who they feel. So I was just wondering. But yeah, I think what uh, he was referring to was um, more like depersonalization where you just don't really um, like you don't really associate yourself with who you are. And um, I don't know. You Can you explain depersonalization better? So you ever uh, have a really bad day, right? And you just like you wake up the next morning and you don't want to go on and you you get up and you look in the mirror and you're just you all you see is your body going through the motions you don't see you you just see like this kind of hollow shell that once was you right it feels very much like that except sometimes even you get to the point where you don't even recognize that as your body you just see a body that you are in does that help yeah kind of it's very similar to derealization, where nothing feels real to you, and you have an absurd view of reality, um, or uh, you might perceive it differently than everyone else. Um, that's derealization. It's uh, depersonalization is just like that, except it's um, just how you see yourself and who you are and your own identity, rather than um, the world around you. I guess. So let's talk about as, as much as you're comfortable with. So when, when you first had um, the first altar appear, can you tell us, like, what happened and, and you know, like, like we were talking, well, let me ask you this first before mm-hmm. we get into that. Yep. You were talking about um, it, it usually happens, like, before puberty or right around that time is, is when that takes place. Is this something that can happen later in life as well? Um... Uh, normally, no. Uh, there are very, very rare cases. Um, but 
for the most part, it's you can only develop it before uh, puberty, just because that's when your brain is still developing and it's okay. still growing. Um, that's why um, you got to be really careful when you're handling children or when you're raising children, um, because they are more susceptible to um, to having traumatic like disorders, like PTSD and stuff like that. Um, they're just more susceptible to a lot of mental disorders based on how they grow up. It should also be noted that PTSD and DID have a lot in common. In fact, sometimes sure. they're even considered as like like almost brother or cousin disorders with DID just being significantly rarer. Uh, so what I was getting at with this is, you know, like people that go to war and they have, you know, the, the PTSD and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Is it possible for someone that, you know, saw combat or something to um, get... DID. Um, I think it's possible. I'm uh, I'm not a doctor, so I don't <laughs> actually nope. know. Because um, uh, when I looked when I looked into my DID, I looked more into the childhood trauma um, because that's where mine came from. Um, you'd have to do your own research. Sounds to good. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so going back to um, whatever you're comfortable with. Can you kind of talk about the first time that this happened, when you first became aware of it? Um, I, I, I call it the big bang. Like that's, that's what, that's what like caused it. Um, but, uh, basically I was in preschool and, um, my parents weren't really there for me. Um, I was about five. Um, they just kind of like sent me to, to daycare and then, um, while my mom went to school and my dad went to work and, um, when I got home, my parents never really like looked after me. They kind of just, um, let me fend for myself and they never cleaned up, uh, after me. They kind of just expected me to do all that at the age of five. Um, but I was a toddler, so I didn't really understand. So I was just kind of like buried in my own filth in my own bedroom and, um, like in school, I never made any friends. I was kind of the weird outcast kid because um, I have other genetic mental disorders and physical capabilities um, that I struggled with in preschool. So I got bullied for it a lot. Um, I never made any friends. Um, so I, so just one day I was getting like beaten up on the playground and um, I, I was just, I don't know, I had a bunch of events leading up to that too that just made it like 10 times worse and I think something in my brain just snapped and like I my the rest of my day was just completely blocked out and um and I don't know I just I think that's when my first altar came in because I don't really remember what happened exactly after that um but after that I started hearing like ex like an extra voice because I have schizophrenia on top of this so um, I started see, hearing something extra, and it was really absurd, um, but it was a lot kinder than everything else that was going on in my head. Um, so, and a lot more personable, like, like you could actually talk to them. Um, so I started talking to them, and um, I don't know, it just kind of progressed from there, and then it got to be like, um, I was hyper aware of, I was hyper aware of it, but I thought it was just linked to my schizophrenia as a kid, um, but I would also have these amnesia blocks, and then um, 
And then, like, the things in my head would tell me that, um, like, what they did that day and um, what I should do next. And it just, like, didn't really make sense until, like, I hit middle school. And then I started going through therapy for it. And then my therapist was like, well, you might be hyper aware of it because of your schizophrenia. So uh, so it might be because of that. Um, This could be just your schizophrenia making up delusions but it's very possible that you could just have DID and then we worked on it and then I got diagnosed with it um, like as a separate thing. So I have schizophrenia and DID, um, which makes it really hard um, a lot of the time because I don't know what's delusions and I don't know if they're actually speaking to me sometimes. Um, But basically now every traumatic thing that happens um, or extremely stressful thing happens, I just split and um, more altars come out or um, or something could happen and an altar goes dormant or something could happen and altars integrate like um, two or more altars combine into one and then they have like shared memories or um, like shared personalities I don't know if I don't know if that makes sense um, but yeah, I don't know. I th- I think mine just started at the age of five when I was getting pummeled on the playground. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um, so a couple questions on that. You're saying that uh, well, we're we're all kind of talking about the fact that you know part of DID is the amnesia of um, what your last altar did or whatever. And you you mm-hmm. kind of touched on like it seemed like they kind of gave you a, a debriefing when they switched over then. Yeah, um, basically, I just was like, um, God, I can't do, I can't, I can't go back to school. I can't do this. And I would just have like meltdowns before school. Like I just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle going to school because I couldn't handle seeing the people every day and dealing with the teachers um, who seemed like they were always mad at me. And I couldn't deal with the kids who always like called me names or, um, or stole things from me or kicked me or things did, did things like that. Um, so I would just like have meltdowns, but then, um, but then I think, I think because of how distressing it was just to go to school, um, I developed a couple altars that helped with school and going to school. So then I just like started having the block out like the first half of my day where it's like, uh, get up, get dressed, go to school. Um, and then later it, my, my brain was just like, okay, so you did the first three classes and you have a few assignments and you talk to a few people and just like a basic briefing rundown and um and then I just don't hear from them for the rest of the day but it it makes going day by day a lot easier um but it really sucks when you can't remember a lot of things that happened um because they'll give a debriefing and sometimes they'll miss something and then like three weeks later I realize that I have an essay that's due (laughs) Uh, things like that or um, people come up to me and they're like uh, so hey about what we talked about yesterday and I'm like shit I don't remember talking about anything Um, or they're like hey do you still want to come over after school and I'm like was I did I say I was going to Um, or sometimes people say that um, I did things that I didn't actually do and no one in my head did and um, they all said that they didn't do it so it's uh so then I'm just like well then who the who 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 did you hear this from I don't know I don't um 
I can see how that would be very frustrating. <laughs> it is. It's frustrating. I don't really know how to better explain it than that. No, that was, that was good. Um, one more question for that. Um, so have you ever experienced, like, we'll get to you in a second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> have you ever experienced, um, so obviously, how do, how do I don't want to say this. Um, do any of your alters know things that you didn't learn yes and, um, and let me let me preface that first by um ruling out any non-human altars like we don't want to know what the kingdom of god or you know like the underworld or the fairy kingdom looks like because mm-hmm. obviously we can't justify that you know you but, mean like basic skills like, yeah, like is one of your altars severely good at math that you never learned or science or something like that um, I had one that uh, integrated a few years ago. His name was Thomas, and he was exceptionally good at instruments. He was, he was, um, his special interest was marching band, so we did marching band, and um, he learned the clarinet and the saxophone and the guitar and the piano and just like a ba- basically a bunch of instruments. And that's all he did in his free time was just play instruments and just learn music and learn how to read sheet music and then learn like um, music theory and stuff like that. And then um, he integrated when we were trying to do a uh, when we were trying to purposefully integrate a couple other alters. He got caught up in the mix and accidentally um, integrated with them. So I no longer have the capabilities of playing any of those instruments except maybe clarinet. But that's because um, that was just our instrument in school, like regularly. So other alters also learned how to play that. That's um, fascinating. So, so when you said that, like, was he like naturally good at that? Like, he could do it, or did you still have to learn how to, like, for instance, saxophone? Um, I. Um, like, could you just pick it up and play it, or did you have to actually learn it and then know it? Um, I think we actually had to learn it and know it for most of the instruments. I'm pretty sure that he could just pick up and play guitar and uh, piano, or at least that's what it seemed like. Um, but the rest of it, I know that he did actually practice and work on playing those. Um, and he was pretty good. Um, and he basically substituted for a lot of kids in marching band that couldn't make it, and we were lacking in certain areas. Um, our band director would just point us to a certain... Um, like a portion and just be like hey can you play this today and I'd be like "Uh, yeah I can seems easy Um, then I do it um, but then I lost the capability and um, I didn't really know how to tell her so um, a lot of the time after that after Thomas was gone I just kind of like started bullshitting my way through it and (laughs) pretending that I could do it and I just couldn't Um, but uh, he's the reason that we got into honors band and um, I, th- I think I'm pretty proud of that. Mm-hmm. You should be. All right. So let's hear your origin story. When did uh, you first dis- like realize that something was off or that you had other things going on here? I didn't know until sophomore year of uh, high school. I, I had no clue. Um, as far as I know, at the very least, I only had two alters for the majority of my childhood, and this is my best speculation because I can't actually confirm or deny if there were more at any point. Uh, and this is, I found out because in sophomore year, uh, I started to finally get kind of more comfortable with my life. Uh, and I, I, very, I, I used to struggle with having friends a lot. Uh, when I was a kid, I 
um, had a lot of doubts in my memory because people, I, I would say I remembered something and then everybody that I knew would immediately disagree that that ever happened. And then I'd go and I'd talk to people that I know were there. And like, if they weren't in the immediate group of people I had talked to, they would be like, yeah, I remember that, that, that happened. And it just kind of drove me crazy as a child. Like, if you could imagine doubting everything you knew, being like, whether or not this person, if you should trust this person or if you shouldn't trust your own memory, it's a very confusing state to be in constantly. And it kind of sucks that I'm still in that scenario. But uh, um, I've gotten a little, I've, I mean, I've surrounded myself with better people. I've gotten myself in better situations. A lot of, some, a lot of the people around me have bettered themselves. Uh, so I... That I, I really have to thank them for that. That helps significantly. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I can't, like, I can't tell you when it comes to, like, as a child, what was specifically a thing or not. Um, I can tell you that uh, me and the main, uh, the, the big business CEO, a man, Arid, uh, were around for majority of my life. Uh, I don't know which one of us is the core, Amicus or Arid. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you which one came first, but we go together like peanut butter and jelly in I am very good and funny and smart and cute and whatever. And he is very on top of things. He's very like, I'm, I'm smart and like, uh, I can come up with clever witty jokes. I can quick explain something. I know like a lot of basic trivia. I can do like pretty, like not super hard math pretty quickly. He can figure things out that we haven't learned before, uh, just by applying principles we've learned before. Like, he can look at an equation that we don't know, take some basic bits of info that he does know, and try and figure out how to solve it from there. He's a lot smarter than me. He's a lot more cold than I am, too, though. Like, he doesn't care much as much as about how you feel. If he doesn't want to hang out with you, he'll just tell you he doesn't want to hang out with you, and where I'll come up with a reason so that you don't feel like you've just pissed me off. Um, but in sophomore year... Uh, when I started finally getting comfortable, I wasn't paying as much attention to academics. You know, I was finally getting friends. I was finally starting to spend time with these friends. I was finally starting to have fun. And then a bunch of assignments hit me at once, and I wasn't able to keep up with all of them because I was also trying to keep up with my friends. Um, and then I started falling behind. And I put a lot of pride into academics when I was a kid. And so this really, really destroyed me when I was, fa like, I'd never failed an assignment in my life, right? I, uh, in fact, the only, like, spelling test I'd ever gotten less than 100% on was in second grade when I was so hungry, I wrote snack instead of snake. I, like, I tried really hard in school. I, uh, I got a letter from President Obama for, like, it was, like, some printed out letter, so it wasn't like, oh, he's a, he's a gifted kid. No, I was just, like, top of my class in elementary school, so they got this, I got this printed letter from the, from the president, and they were like, here's your little reward, and I was like, cool, this guy, I, uh, he's the president, I didn't know him, um, but in sophomore year, with all that weight crashing down on me, I guess whatever system Eric and I had going for the longest time kind of fell apart, and that's when we became aware of each other, was because suddenly the kind of flow of from this to this to this to this got disrupted by me kind of taking over everything, and then academics crashing, I crashed, and then suddenly there were like conversations going in my head as opposed to me just talking to myself out loud, because I talked to myself out loud a lot, and that was just to reason things out. Uh, I heard that's a very common thing between like like critical thinkers where like th their way of thinking will will normally be keeping their thoughts outside of their heads so they don't get mixed up. Uh, and then like when I started hearing another voice in my head that wasn't mine, I was like, huh, why is he so pissed at me? <laughs> um, 
uh, but not shortly after uh, I became aware of Arid, Damien became a thing. I don't know if he was an alter beforehand or if he split off because of a lot of emotional um, stress I was going through with a different friend group in which uh, a friend who I didn't really know super well, so I don't know why I did this, but uh, he told me he uh, was suicidal and he had attempted suicide the night before and the only reason he didn't kill himself was because his cat walked in his room and he didn't want to kill himself in front of his cat. And I blamed myself for his attempt at suicide. And as a mentally ill, uh, like, 16-year-old, that is the worst possible thing you can ever do. Don't ever blame yourself for somebody else's own, um, like, feelings about the world and their place in it. It's not your fault unless, you know, you actively hurt them and caused that you but nine times out of ten if you're feeling guilty about it you didn't hurt them not on purpose at the very least and if you didn't do it on purpose and you apologized for it before it's not your fault it's very far from your fault uh but that's that that's kind of what triggered my awareness of what was going on in my head and also triggered my third altar ever um and i only had three altars for the longest time i only developed the last three uh over the course of quarantine uh, That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a combination of like, uh, la- so I, like all my, I lost all my friends. I started struggling a lot, a lot in school. Like I just recovered myself from sophomore year. I managed to pass sophomore year by like the fucking skin of my teeth. Uh, and then I got to junior year and I started like kind of getting myself back together again. I was becoming more confident in who I was. And then COVID hit and pff, gone. And it was the, probably the worst experience I've ever like. <laughs> was awful um but that 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 kind of sums up everything about uh like my origin of my system it's not much uh that's a word we haven't covered system system is essentially just kind of like the it's a person with did like in their group of alters are referred to as a system and i think it's mostly called a system because they have a system on how they do things right like you have one that goes to school you have one that handles friends etc 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 like they each kind of have their own thing and you know they work together as a system so i have a question about your um you're talking about when you're talking to your friends that some of them wouldn't remember like something that happened do you think that they were doing that like on purpose to hurt you or I what, don't. What was the gist of that? It wasn't really my friends. It was mostly my family, and I think oh. a lot of it was that, uh, specifically, my mother. My mother was my the, my biggest parent like parent role in my life, right? Uh, my mother had this small issue where uh, she got di- uh, uh, prescribed, not diagnosed, prescribed uh, a, an opioid of some sort, uh, and I'm not sure what kind of problems it might have call, uh, caused once she became addicted to it because she it, she didn't actually need it the doctor gave it to her like and was like no 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 this will help you after she was like I, i've prescribed this before it didn't help that much and they're like no 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 you just keep taking it and because the doctors kind of pushed it on her she became addicted to it and i'm not sure what kind of issues it might have caused i don't think a lot of it was on purpose i think she just wasn't prepared to have kids and at the time also wasn't quite ready as an adult to be taking care of children in general uh, so she had a lot of kind of shortcomings and that led to a lot of denial of things that, and always a belief that she was right. So even when she couldn't remember something, she would still like, you know, kind of force that it was, yes, that this didn't happen because I don't remember it happening. And then you know, she would get other people to agree with her and that would be an issue. So a lot of the time in order to, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like kind of keep my own sanity. I talk to my brother behind everything and we just kind of keep each other sane by like confirming, yes, this happened. Yes, you didn't break that. Uh, you know, cause like we would, we could tell her the truth, right? About something. I could tell her that I broke something and she wouldn't believe me and tell me that Jonah broke it instead because Jonah has a history of breaking things because he had a, like he's had some issues. But he bre- like he he used to break things a lot. He still breaks things a lot. He's a little clumsy, um, and so sometimes when things are broken, if he was telling the truth that he didn't break it, and I was telling the truth that I did, she'd be like, "No, no, 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 Tony, do not try and take the fall for him. Your brother broke this, and I can't." Sorry, I got very lost in my own head there. <laughs> You're I'd- all right. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Um, all right, so we do have a couple of questions that uh, have come up, um, one of which is, uh, do you guys, can you change alters um, on purpose? Can you, can you specifically bring out one that you want to, to handle a situation or something like that? Yes. Um, however, uh, there are a lot of times repercussions. Um, Sometimes it's just mentally draining to switch, um, no matter if it's on purpose or not. Um, could be tiring. They could not want, like, just not want to um, be in that situation. Um, you might just have to tough it out because even though you don't want to be in that situation, um, you shouldn't put somebody else through that same situation. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, But you could do things to, like, bring other alters out. Um, a very common one is music listening to certain genres or music of music or certain songs specifically or certain artists that um is very connected to a certain author um that could draw them out um it could also be things like um like as broadly as just eating just eating in general because sometimes people with eating disorders it could just be a chore um so certain alters will eat just because like like it's an alter split just to just so that way the body can eat because no one else will do it um, um, but it could also be something super specific like um, one of my friends has a system and he has a super specific um, trigger for one alter um, where he if he eats a uh, a pink rock candy on a on a hot day it's like the perfect trigger for a certain altar and it sounds really goofy but obviously it worked and it worked really well <laughs> um but i don't know certain people could also be triggers for certain altars um i have a couple altars that come out specifically when a certain friend comes over to hang out um every week or like if if one of my altars is in a relationship with someone um they're they're more likely to be uh triggered to front um when that person is around or when that person is brought up in a conversation um stuff like that um but a very just a very popular trigger is music um music people and foods are tend to be my top ones um it could also be like locations like school Like if you if you have an altar that does school related stuff, as soon as you step into school, that altar could start fronting, um, or around family, or at home, or at certain friends' houses, um, or at uh, other people's houses. If they're like, uh, if 
um, if they're like abusive, you uh, there's a you could have an altar that deals with just them and endures their abuse for uh, the duration of your stay at their house, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Those are just examples. Oh, uh, you're asking me for my triggers? Yes. <laughs> Do you uh, have anything to add? I can't. First and foremost, I cannot uh, force certain altars to front. Uh, I, I lack this ability. I'm not entirely sure why. I just can't will someone to the front. Um, it, it often feels like the difference between uh, me and their system also is that uh, their seal is mer- much more solid than mine does. It's more like you, like each altar is their own little block, and you can bring the block to the front, or you can take it out, right? Uh, and if you put too many blocks in the same room, it, the room gets very crowded. Whereas uh, it feel, sometimes it feels like mine's more liquid, where I can't some I can't always tell you what exactly is there. I, like they can tell you who's fronting more often than I can, and they have issues where they like too many people are fronting, and they don't even know who it is half the time, right? Uh, whereas I can guess at who's fronting based off of you know personality, and oftentimes it's more than one person all the time because like most of my triggers are situations and relations, as I just about 10 seconds ago thought was that was probably the nicest way to put it was uh because it's not school that triggers me it's the learning environment that triggers me so i can be in school i can be totally fine and then like the teacher comes forward and then air it's running right uh and I'm, I'm not in school anymore so i don't know quite how that's going to work out but uh relations also is a thing where i can be at home totally fine right uh Friend comes over, amicus fronts. Family comes over, uh, a family talks to me, Arid comes to the front, right? And it's just kind of like that. And a lot of my other authors have different kinds of triggers. Um, it's just that they don't front as often as uh, amicus and Arid do. Uh, Derek and Damien are, I guess, the second most prominent kind of duo. Uh, j- but that's just because they have their own kind of smaller triggers. And then there's, the, there, there's Pip and Kitten who don't really front at all. Kitten. I love it. Um, He's the only one that named himself. <laughs> I got to name all the rest because we don't come with names. We all like consider ourselves Tony to a varying degree, um, but we, uh, but we all also consider ourselves different from the rest. And it gets very confusing to have a bunch of different Tonys. So you got, you got Amicus, you got Arid, you got uh, Derek, Damian, Pip, and Kitten. And I didn't get to name Kitten. Kitten just decided to stick with that name, and I. Um, so here's the other question that we have is when you guys switch do you does it hurt Mm. like you were saying it was kind of exhausting and stuff to to try and switch or I wouldn't say that it's physically painful um, but it it could be like um, you could switch in the middle of something and um, you lose control of what you're doing and you accidentally hurt yourself um, I've done that in art class where I slipped up with a with a sculpting tool and I hurt myself pretty bad. Um, there's been times where I've been driving and I don't really realize where I'm going and I just kind of like dissociate as I'm backing out and I bump into something or um, like backing out of the driveway or going down the highway. Things like that are really frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, or like uh, I used to work at an ice cream shop and you'd put the ice cream in the blender, um, but you have to mix it, like you have to hold the cup with your hands in the blender. Um, There's been a few times where I've gotten stuck in the blender and hurt myself pretty bad. Um, Fortunately, I got to keep all my fingers, but... That's good. um, 
I mean, it could be painful, but like if it's just a normal switch, for the most part, for me at least, it's just really tiring um, sometimes. Uh, but I mean, a lot of the time, if I uh, if I have had enough sleep and I have a good enough diet, I feel pr I, I feel fine. Sometimes it makes me nauseous if I haven't eaten or if I've eaten too much, but I mean, otherwise I'm fine. Uh, it doesn't hurt for me at all. It's very disorienting. I, uh, while I've never done this, I imagine it's very similar to what it would feel like if you were uh, very, very drunk, and then the next night you woke up in a place you didn't recognize. Um, because whenever I suddenly switch, that's that's what it feels like. Most of the time, though, like I said, it feels like liquid where it's kind of very fluid, and I don't even realize I switched or that my personality is different. And sometimes the personality doesn't even like switch as like concretely as a lot of as I've heard a lot uh, where it's just kind of like over the next couple minutes suddenly I'm a different person like it's not just kind of different person it's just kind of like oh and my sense of humor is slowly changing and it's gone gradual <laughs> yeah uh, that's what I feel like it looks like a lot I I couldn't I, I mean obviously uh, most of the time my head gets kind of foggy around that point so I can't tell you for sure you'd have to ask the people that actually spend time with me now you were saying too that yours doesn't have the amnesia with it. So you're basically when you're any of your alters, you're still kind of aware of everything that's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, you, you do not. You're kind of pretty cut and dry as to what each one remembers. Um, for the most part, I mean, two alters can share the same memory um, because uh, my system does this weird thing where um, we split in small clusters of um, two or three. Um, and it's basically just like if one can't cope with um, the situation, the other ones can help um, with that coping. And it's sort of like um, creating like a bond between them, um, kind of like how you can relate to your friends and you guys bond over liking the same TV show or something. It's kind of like that. Um, but they bond over having the same like uh, traumatic memories. Otherwise, also... Um, one alter could remember one detail from the same event, and the other one could remember the other details to the other to the same event. Um, so they could split like that. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, it's just pretty cut and dry. They remember their own things, and um, I'm I'm pretty sure like like they're all their own people with their own views and opinions and stuff, um, but. The one thing that makes them very similar is a lot of them share the same memories and trauma and stuff from, um, from, like, just being outside in uh, the body and stuff. Um, I don't know if that makes sense either. <laughs> it does. It does. Sometimes I just say things and I'm like, oh man, but does he understand? I do. I do. For the most part, I do. Um, and some of that comes from our, you know, like eight-hour discussion the other day. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, again, uh, we're coming up on the end of the show here. So I want to kind of touch base with you guys on, um, you had said that you had gone on Facebook and some other websites and stuff mm -hmm. and, and found a lot of resources that you found helpful. Can you share anything with that? And um, we'll definitely put them in the show notes as well for anyone listening. Um, I don't actually have any great um, resources off the top of my head um, to one. be honest I kind of forgot I but um, <laughs> I know that there are, are a lot of people with DID 
um, on uh, like Reddit and um, Instagram. Those are where I see them the most. Um, like on Reddit, there's like a whole subreddit just for people with DID um, or dissociative disorders. Um, and on Instagram, there's a whole DID community. Um, there's a lot of people that have a system and then make a system account where they post um, their individual alters as well as alter intros where they uh, introduce themselves and they can be themselves um, freely. And yeah, they don't have to pretend to be anyone um, or mask or just like to please anyone. Um, they could just be like, all right, um, I'm here and um, this is my name and this is my age and uh, this is why I identify as and here's a bunch of other facts about me and then they make friends as themselves and it's pretty neat. Um, I definitely recommend that systems make a system account on Instagram because there's a huge community. Um, at times it can be dramatic and toxic but um, I, That's I've, the internet. I've only ever gotten great uh, things from it. I've gotten a few crappy things from it um but for the most part i've i've made a lot of friends and uh i can definitely say some of the best people i've ever met has been through the did community so uh personally i'm not super big on uh like being very public about mine just because uh there's a lot more questions than um clarification if i were to start explaining it because in the end like i'm still tony i'm just like there's more parts to me than like there comes to appear and it's not it's not even super important that you know them because we all have the same memories as long as you don't super stress me out <laughs> um uh outside of that uh there is one very good resource that uh i did a lot of the research on that i uh for the knowledge that i know about did uh and it's didresearch.org um it's not the most uh like It, it, it uses some uh, it uses a lot of complicated words and sometimes you'll have to go and look up oh shit what's this disorder right uh, but it, it's got a, it's got like bullet it's got like this list of things for so you can like open a certain topic about this uh, and then look up like different like research and experiment not experiments though not a lot of experiments get done unless it's like surveys if you want to count that as an experiment but like where they kind of keep track of like this is how common this is this is how where it's most likely to like that's how I learned that it really only like develops in between like the ages of like one and nine like once you get past that point it's like super rare and then as like the further you get from that it's like really fucking rare and I'm pretty sure like past adulthood the only way you can get it is if you have some kind of like brain development disorder where you're still developing well into adulthood um it's uh it has a lot of resources it's got a lot a lot of other links to other articles and i it, i'm sure you'll find it as helpful as i did uh and finally what uh what advice would you have for someone that is um i don't know suffering with this or just trying to understand it um definitely do research you definitely got to look out for what um resources you're using i don't remember any of the ones that i used um but I know that there are a lot of like websites that pretend to, to know what they're doing or know what they're saying, but nobody that's editing that page is a doctor. Um, so you definitely got to watch out for what you're looking for. Um, I'd recommend also uh, like um, viewing content um, or from people who have DID or reading books written by people who have DID um, or just like 
um, reaching out to people with DID and seeing um, how they're coping with it, and then um, also and then use that um, research to better connect yourself with your system if you have DID um, or just get knowledge on it in general. Primary sources are going to be a best friend, I think. Uh, I they mentioned book and I and I remembered a book that I read recently about this actually. Uh, it's called The Fractured Mind. Uh, it's about this uh, very successful um, like I, I think he was an Asian. He he's not Asian. He but he like had a degree in like some kind of Asian social sciences or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Um, but it kind of followed his um, journey as a forty-year-old man who had like been going through immense like emotional issues and amnesia kind of blackouts as he realizes he has a DID and he has to cope with this well into like the towards like the late, latter half of his life in order to like you know kind of lead a kind of happy ending to his life and become functioning right get back to like cuz he was starting he was kind of starting to push away the, la- the, the 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 few people that he had around him right uh, and it, was, it focuses very much on his inner world and the alters within it uh, than his life. That way, it's much more educational on his journey with, like, DID as a disorder as opposed to uh, his his journey of life with DID as kind of like a side character. I believe I have actually heard about that book. So. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was still written like a story despite being nonfiction, so it was, it's very easy for me to get through as I enjoy fiction stories more so than nonfiction. Any final thoughts? You look like you had something on your mind. No, just mostly thinking. Okay. <laughs> All right, anything else from you? Uh, I can't think of anything else I might, I might like to add. I still think there's a lot more to go over. I don't think we even really touched oh, on how intervals work. I agree, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so I, I would encourage, I'm, I'm not sure when this is going to air, um, I encourage all of our listeners, if you have any questions, email wisconsincaps at gmail.com, and uh, if we get a lot of questions, and if you have anything that you'd like to add, maybe we can have a second interview and stuff and cover that as well, and um, if you find any of your resources and stuff and can send them to me, we'll get those in the show notes as well for anyone out there listening, and we'll get the um, didresearch.org on there so that people can follow that, and um, yeah, just be careful where you're uh, looking, and make sure you have good resources and stuff and not just reading everything that you find online and i think that goes with anything that we research in today's world yep. that, so absolutely but it sounds like there's definitely a lot of people out there that have the same conditions and different conditions and um there's a lot of people who want to help you and talk to you so um all right guys well thank you very much for your time today thanks thank for you. freezing out in the, the winter with us here and uh it's a very cold day in april in wisconsin so uh until next time i'm barnaby I'm Curio. And I'm Amicus. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Whispers from the Dark. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the Paranormal Society, visit us at our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and our Patreon. You will see links to our online store as well, where you can get t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you click on the public events page, you can find out where you can meet us in person and all the public events we have coming up. 
If you enjoy our podcasts or our YouTube shows, please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Wisconsin Caps. There you can find behind-the-scenes pictures and videos from all of our media, as well as bonus footage and evidence that we have collected. If you have encountered something you can't explain, we want to hear from you. Visit our website and click on Submit a Report on our main screen. You can choose to leave your contact information or simply remain anonymous. You can also reach us via email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please contact us on our Whispers from the Dark podcast page on Facebook, or send us an email at wisconsincaps.com. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch or find us.